had a little heartbeat of the universe going on there. I don't ordinarily get into predicting the future, but I guess I'll make a couple predictions today, and the first one is I predict there will be a fire drill today. Um, so if there is a fire drill today, and it turns out that I'm right, just remain calm and go outside, and let's go out to the memory garden just briefly, if that happens. That'll be our destination. All things rush on. That's what Tagore says in this really quite famous poem. All things rush on. They stop not. We are always actually in a time of change because the time of change is all the time. Our world is in changing and challenging times, there's no doubt about it, in many diverse ways. Our hearts go out to the people of Florida whose lives have been changed forever. They are in a new world now as they try to cope with what has happened to them. We hope for them a healing and rebuilding time. We have an election in less than a month, as Joyce was reminding us, and many of us hope for a change in the direction of our country that seems to be on the wrong track in so many ways. But whatever happens, it will be a change. There's no doubt about that. All things rush on. They stop not. In our family, Diane and I have made a significant decision to change with my upcoming retirement. It's a bittersweet time for us as we prepare to leave this community that we love. And I know that we have created a bit of a wave of change for the church as well. It's not any small thing for a church community like ours to have a change in ministerial leadership And perhaps it's even more strongly felt after a long-term pastorate like the 27 years we have shared together. 27 years, how did that happen? I did not come here, by the way, with intention of staying 27 years. It just wasn't on my mind. I just didn't occur to me that that would happen. So as you probably know, we have a search committee that's working to identify what is called in our denomination an interim minister. That's a minister who comes for a specific amount of time. They're not gonna stay forever. We're looking at an interim minister for a year and a half, at least that's the idea at the moment, and who we hope will be here in January. Who will that person be? I wanna tell you in all honesty that I have no inside information about this. I don't have any idea who's coming, and I do not know even who the candidates are. And we have a great search committee, and they are in a process that's well outlined, and they're saying, take care of all that. I am not part of that process. But what will that person be like? I am going to share a couple of ideas that I have about what that person will be like 
even though I have no idea who it's going to be. And I think many of these ideas will also transfer over to what the settled minister will be like too, but some of them are a little more specific to this interim person who will come for the next 18 months. So now I'm really going to, I'm going to spill the beans now. <laughs> well, there's some things I think we know about this person. And I can see them, and you can probably see them too. Some of them are easy to know. For example, as a Unitarian Universalist minister, this will be a person who has been through significant preparation to be a minister. They have worked hard. They have taken a lot of classes, read many books. They have been a chaplain at some time in their history, because you have to do that. And they will have experiences in at least one or more other Unitarian Universalist churches. That person has taken significant time and spent many thousands of dollars preparing to do this kind of work. Some of them, by the way, have high debt levels. It's something to really think about. This person will, in all likelihood, be a person with high ideals, someone with a vision of what the world could be. And in all likelihood, it will be some with, someone with an acute sensitivity to the many ways in which the world is not doing well, the many challenges that we have, I can almost guarantee to you that this person will be very sensitive to those issues which concern so many of us. I believe that this new person will be very impressed with this church. That's my opinion on the matter. They will love this sanctuary, I think. I only know one person who does not like this sanctuary, and I will never tell you who it is. That is going away when I go. No one will ever know. But I've only had one person tell me they didn't like, and there have been probably thousands in here. So I predict that this new minister will love this sanctuary and feel that this is a wonderful worship space to be. I think they will be impressed with our history. I was impressed with the history of this church when I was considering coming here and the whole thing of the Sunday evening lectures that took place in the early part of the 20th century and this whole other piece of knowledge which we're pretty sure, pretty doggone sure that this was once the largest universalist church in the United States. This church has an impressive history that our minister was in Selma for the for the Selma March, just all kinds of fascinating things. And I think whoever comes here will feel very good and kind of inspired by that history. I think that the person who comes here is going to like you guys quite a bit. They're going to like you. They're going to say, wow, this is a pretty cool group of people. They are going to love your volunteer energy. They're going to love the way you care for each other, your generosity, 
They're going to love the way that people in this church can have fun together and laugh and sometimes act silly. They're going to take that as a sign of your spiritual depth. And they're also going to be impressed by the talents and backgrounds of people in this church. And they're going to see this church, I believe, as a basically healthy community. Basically healthy. Health, we could call it healthy with some issues. Some issues means we're still breathing. When you don't have any issues, we probably uh, won't have anything else either. So I think they're going to be impressed with this congregation and they're going to be happy to be here. And it's also true that when a minister comes in here with new eyes, they will see some things that perhaps we don't see clearly, or perhaps we do see them clearly and we just don't want to think about it. But this new person will pick up on some things about this community and wonder, hmm, I wonder why they do that. And so they will offer some new insights, I believe. And it might be a little uncomfortable occasionally, or it might not, I don't know, but I do feel confident that they will do this in a loving way. One of the things interim ministers are supposed to do is get the church ready for the next settled minister. Um, a story about Dick Hasty, who was the interim before I came. Some of you knew Dick Hasty. Uh, I wasn't here at the time, but I do know that Dick Hasty forced the church to increase the salary package. And that made a difference on the church. The way I've been told the church, uh, the story, Dick said he wouldn't come if they didn't do that. Partly, maybe he just wanted to get rich, I don't know, but I, th I think that actually he saw that as a necessary step that needed to be taken. And it's important to know that for interim ministers, it's part of their sense of duty to let you know what they see and where they think there are aspects of the church life to work on. And it will be a good thing. You will learn some things and you'll have some insights that you didn't have before, I think. I'm pretty sure that will happen. I don't know what the specifics will be. He may say something like, well, why are there so many references to baseball? <laughs> so insights like that. Then you will have to try to explain that. <laughs> This person will be what Mary Moore, Mary Moore is a member of our church who is also an interim minister herself. But this is her home church, Reverend Mary Moore, and she says that an interim minister is pre-fired. Pre-fired. So they know they're not gonna stay. And the word I hear is that that gives them a wonderful sense of freedom. <laughs> Think about that. They will want things to go well. They will want things to go well. They will be committed to the success of our church. 
They will be committed to preserving what's wonderful about this community and helping the community move forward into a new chapter. There, there are many chapters in our story. Um, you know, there's the time of the Sunday evening lectures and there's the time of the Vietnam War and there's the time of the Selma marches and then there's the time when we built this new building and they're, they're, that minister is going to want to help this congregation move into the next chapter. That's what they're going to be about. I am quite sure that whoever this is will do some things differently than I do. I'm tempted to make another joke about that, but I'm going to let it go for the moment. But I do not know exactly what those things are. I really don't. I don't have any idea. I don't know, um, that, except that there will be some difference. I think the odds are good that they will not be a baseball fan. That's a reality you will have to figure out how to deal with. <laughs> I can't help you with that. This person might want to wear a robe on Sunday. Yes, I got a, I got a panicked look right there. <laughs> oh my God, not that. They might want to keep the door to the minister's office locked. That would be a trauma to deal with, wouldn't it? That's really scary. They just might want to do something differently. My God, hope you all get through that. <laughs> I know you're going to say why are they doing that that's not the way we do it but interim ministers are not noted by the way for coming in and trying to change everything that's not their MO so don't be worried about that but if somebody shows up in a robe don't panic <laughs> there will be insights that you will gain from seeing someone do things somewhat differently. You will have, that will give you insights into what ministry is about. Just like Amy was asking the kids, what is ministry? You will get some insights by seeing someone else do things, as we already do now. Linda brings a style to worship which is her own and has elements that I think I'm actually lacking. So you will get, you will see some things and you will, you will learn. I know that your new minister will want to safeguard and protect and affirm what is most healthy and special about this congregation. They will do everything they can to clear the path for the next settled minister. And one more thing, they will want to work in partnership with you. They will deeply want to do that. I just, I'm very confident that that's true. And they will love it and be inspired if you continue to be active and you continue to participate and give your goodwill to this enterprise. That will inspire them, I guarantee it. They will love it when you show up. When they see your face on Sunday morning, they will, they will love that. And when you volunteer, they'll be inspired. And if you sing in the choir, they, they will love that too. Or if you bring something really great to the potluck, 
That will be inspiring to them. In many ways, this is kind of a mutual inspiration kind of society. They will be nourished by your interest and your presence. So I take that to heart and remember that. They will understand that there is a grief process that will go on in the church. They know that already. They're in that business. They will understand that there's grief in the church. They will help the community work through the grief and get ready for a new settled minister. Diane and I are going to be in grief too. We should get ourselves an interim minister, dear. <laughs> I think we should. We're going to think about that. But you will have one. They will have an understanding of how that process works. It's their job to know something about that. They deal with change every day in their special kind of ministry. So this is a creative time for all of us. Diane and I have a new adventure ahead of us, and this church has an adventure coming too. That's what's happening. You guys have an adventure coming. This particular chapter is starting to draw to a close, and this has been a great chapter. I'll have to talk to Kathy about that later, but this, this has been a great chapter. And I, it's not over yet. I still may throw a Hail Mary as the clock is running out. Look at what we've done. The church has grown significantly. We've built this new building. We've, we've had countless moments of really wonderful fellowship and good times together, including mourning sometimes and grieving, but also laughing and having fun and just enjoying life, really. It's really been a wonderful chapter. And now this new chapter is beginning. It, it was always inevitable that this would happen. It was always inevitable that this would happen. There isn't any way out of this, really. The creative doors now are wide open. There's much room for some interesting and amazing things to happen. This church is solid, it works well, not perfectly, but well. It is a truly caring community. It's a community that knows how to have fun together and how to grieve together when needed. I also want to remind you of something you know already, that this is a key religious community in this metropolitan area. And we are viewed that way as being a central voice in this region. Our people are present in most of the progressive activities that go on in this community. They're, we're everywhere at all, uh, all these things. We're respected, not necessarily by everybody, but by most people and organizations who know who we are and have had some interaction with us. So we're intertwined in the leadership of this area, and also involved in our wider Unitarian Universalist movement as well. So this is a moving, innovative, creative, collaborative, and caring church. I would come to this church. 
We have every reason to believe that the new adventures that you're embarking on will be as exciting and fulfilling as those that have gone before. When I was thinking about what to say today, I thought about that Tagore poem that I had read years before, and also thinking about the image of the river. Tagore says, all things rush on. No power can hold them back. And they rush on, says Tagore, and he asks us, Is it beyond us to be glad with the gladness of this rhythm? Are we able to be glad that it's rushing on somehow? Knowing that rushing on is what the universe does. The river just keeps going. It can't be stopped. Is it beyond us to be glad with the gladness of this rhythm? But also, he says, to be tossed and lost and broken in the whirl of this fearful joy. So we do get tossed and lost sometimes, too. Keeping steps with that restless music, the rapid music, the seasons come dancing and they pass away. Colors, tunes, and perfumes pour in endless cascades in the abounding joy that scatters and gives up and dies every moment. So, all things rush on, and no power can hold them back. We are part of that. We are writing new chapters. We are a powerful and beautiful people. What a great thing to be part of this adventure. As we move forward into these new chapters in our lives, may it be joyfully, even with a measure of grief, may it be joyfully. May we all continue to live out our covenants and our ideals and on the adventure, treat each other with kindness and understanding as we move along on the way and as this new creative reality unfolds.